Glitch Free Gaming. Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 158. Hooray! Hooray! Cool, it's another week and we're back. Paul's not. Paul's not, no, no. I think um, <laughs> I think the excitement just got to him, or it got to his laptop anyway. That's true. I was going to say, so much for him like, being back for good. <laughs> it's just one week back and then all of a sudden it's oh no never mind can't do it yep that's it he's oh, had enough dead. Um, yeah he's, his laptop died or his hard drive in his laptop died so yes. he's still in the process of reinstalling everything so he should be back yeah. next week yes yeah so he should be back so he should be back up to uh, the usual um, the, back to normality uh, next week so it is just myself and Kieran this week um and I think what we'll do just to keep things with the innormality or the, the irregularities, if you will, uh, I'll start this week. Hey. Yay. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, I have been playing some video games, believe it or not. Never heard of them. Yeah, they're, they're these things that you plug into your telly and then you play them. A telly? So, like... You don't take them out of a box and then you put them on a table and then everyone sits around the table and then you you talk and you. No 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 oh, nothing okay. like that. That's no, confusing no. then. I don't... Yeah I know nothing as extreme as that. It's an interesting new idea. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've been playing a couple of games uh, that we've got for you know in from our subscription services so uh, from Xbox Live or Games for Gold as they call it and. Um, playstation plus so from playstation plus i'll talk about that one first i checked out badland oh nice yeah so uh if you go back to you know when we were recording a podcast and we were doing reviews for calm down tom it was one of my favorite games i i reviewed the the ios version of it and i think i called it my mobile game of the year as well i'm pretty uh, sure it was i'm pretty sure that's right yeah um i i really liked it so it's one of these um perpetual motion games where so it's like a, a puzzle game where you've got this little character and the screen moves from right from left to right or right mm -hmm. to left it, it scrolls along and uh you need to keep your little character in motion to avoid all the obstacles coming towards him to get through it um, there are points where you can grow the character, make him bigger or make him smaller, and there's points where you duplicate him because sometimes the screen splits into two, well not the screen the path splits into two and you may need to get the character you know, you may need to get some of them to the top part of the screen to activate something that they can carry on the path on the bottom part of the screen um, Badland is, it's sort of critically acclaimed now a lot of you know it took a lot of awards and uh it that's what started it on its path to get to come to various other platforms and think uh so, yeah, i think it's on there's everything a, yeah there's this uh a pc version and a whole load of stuff it's uh it's quite nice to see um so this was the first time that i played it on a console and uh the game still looks absolutely amazing um 
Control wise, they've changed it a little bit. Obviously, um, on the iPad version or your mobile versions, you were just tapping the screen. The little character flaps his wings every time you tap. Um, I think you could push down, you could hold down, and he would continue to to flap his wings and up to the top of the screen and not yeah. go any further. Um, that's been replicated with the X button or the R2 shoulder button on the PlayStation controller. One of the other things that they've added is the left stick gives the it gives your Wii character like a a dash, like a eh, yeah, the dash is the best way to yeah. Uh, explain it if you move it to the left or right they will swing that to that side that direction just very quickly um because i do, i'm not 100 percent sure why but the the character in on the the ipad anyway when you hit the top of the screen or you hit a, a barrier he used to roll you know mm. so he would roll and he so would still yeah yeah so they've They've done a different thing with the physics there. Um, it's just a tiny thing, um, and there is one of the one of the puzzles that I've found, and it relies on it as well. So you need to figure out how to use this new, um, you know, the, this new mechanic, because the old trick doesn't work. Oh. So they've kind of fiddled with it a little bit. Um, so yeah. Um, but you're getting it for free or if you're on PlayStation Plus, so definitely check it out. It's really, um, really good. Still holds up, still looks really good. Um, awesome game. And I think it's the Game of the Year edition as well, so it comes with all the all the DLC and all the levels um, yeah. that the game was going to have. I, so, just, I was looking for... Um... I want to say they changed the way that they're handling, uh, like the cost of the game on iPhone as well, or on both Android and iPhone. All oh, right, okay. Um, but I forget what it is. I was trying to find news, but I can't find it. So maybe I'm right. thinking of something else. Um, oh. But I'm pretty sure they changed it so that you can pay for it slightly differently or something. All oh, right, okay. Um, and it kind of came out around the same time as this. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh right, cool. Um, uh, the other thing that I played was on um, it was one of the games for gold games I think we mentioned it on the last podcast and that is Forza Horizon is the Xbox Live or the Xbox 360 backwards compatible game that you're getting so you can play it on your Xbox One Yeah. Um, that game is now 6 years old and it is still a looker it has the game still looks really good. Um, it handles quite well. The difference where you notice it is the, the kind of story mode. So you've got these cutscenes of the characters talking to each other. That looks a little bit janky now. Um, you know, the, you can see the, the animations aren't as fluid and as good as what we get now on some of the stuff. Um, but the racing itself, absolutely stunning. There are some frame rate, from some frame rate issues and frame rate drops. Um, I found it in a couple of races where you get that stutter. It kicks in. Um, sometimes it, it's just like a quick stutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the screen will freeze for a couple of seconds and then it will catch up. Um, but there has been two races that I was in and the, the action was quite frantic and it was... The, the race was quite close between me and the rival and, you know, there was a lot of overtaking 
and at one point there was the the stutter so it jutted and then it was like i was playing the game remember how you used to play online fighting games um in the early days of you know the xbox the the original xbox yeah and you you would have that frame rate stutter yeah and it was it was just lag that's all it was um that's what it looked like that's unfortunate yeah so it it does have some issues um we know that the you know some of the backwards compatible excuse me easy for me to say the compatible (laughs) games do have issues um and this one does have it as well yeah most of them have been good though it's weird like yeah most of them have had improvements rather than issues but yeah there's the odd one that's like it it does look really good it looks at you know really stunning forza horizon is an amazing game i never got to play it when it came out originally on the 360 i think at that point i'd moved across to the playstation 3 so i was spending a lot more of my gaming time on that um it was very late in the in the in the 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 cycle. cycle yeah um but man, it's a it's an amazing game. I love the story. I love that whole story mode yeah, idea that really it has. Cool. Um, Forza Horizon Two has you know they they took certain elements and they they added to it and they took some of the stuff away. Kind of the the whole story based thing. Um, they took it away because what they did was they they built the story and things, but there was no cutscenes and you weren't fighting with rivals and, and rivals and things like that. It was more within the game, you know, there would be a car that would uh, you would see and that would become your new rival, whereas this has got this kind of story built in. Um, so, yeah, it's an amazing game. Uh, it still is, and I had quite a lot of fun playing that. Um, I didn't get too far. I got my uh, I got my third upgrade of the wristband. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I got much further than that. Actually, I I didn't. I really liked that game, but I didn't play as much of it as I wanted to, or I didn't progress right. as far as I wanted to. Um, just because it was end of the life cycle, so it wasn't yeah. that long afterwards. We're playing other stuff. Yeah. So I yeah that was as far as I got, and because I was playing it and it still looks really good, it, it got me thinking. How does you know Horizon Two look up in comparison with this? Um, is there improvements and so but then for some other funny reason I've, I said no not Forza Horizon 2 I want to have a look and compare it with um, Forza 6 yeah. uh, so stopped playing that and then I went on to playing Forza 6 and Forza 6 I stopped playing for a while and it, it was just one of those there was nothing wrong with it um, I think when we did speak about it in the podcast I really liked the game Um the only problem that I had with it was that um, th- we had other things coming out at the time. Yeah, Forza, is Forza Six the more recent one or the? It's the more recent launch. one, yeah. Okay, so it's not the one that came out at Xbox One's launch. That was five. no, that that was five. That okay. was the one where uh, you basically got half a game, and then you <laughs> had to buy all the DLC. Yeah. Um, Forza Horizon Two was kind of the apology for that, with the amount of. Uh, the amount of stuff you got with the game and a lot of free packs and things like that. They did bring out car packs that you need that you could buy, but they were totally unnecessary. And then they brought out the 
the expansion, um, which was the was it the I, something something island or, but it was basically the off road, the real off road section of the game. So you, um, you, I forget what it was called. I don't know if it was if, hmm, yeah, I don't remember. Um, I didn't but follow too that much. Um, it was really really good as well. Um, I I bought that. I think that was the only DLC I'd bought for it. Um. Forza 6, uh, again, you get a shitload of cars and tracks and everything in the game, and then they brought out, you know, the, the VIP pass and the car pass. So the VIP pass currently goes for, like, £16, and that gets you, uh, you know, certain cars that you can't get anywhere else. And then there's the season pass. That's, like, another 24 quid, uh, and you're getting uh, seven, seven car packs, and each of them have... Is it seven car packs? You're getting so many car packs and each of them have seven cars in them. I get a bit confused with the numbers. Um, but still, that's, you know, it's quite a lot of dosh to be putting out on the game. Um, they also brought out two full expansions. Um, they brought out the NASCAR expansion and it's got the full NASCAR season within it. Uh, that goes for 16 quid on its own and then they brought out the Porsche expansion as well. Uh, again, that's another 16 quid but you can buy both of them for like £28. So all in all, if you had to buy all the DLC, and you're probably looking at you know, a good 50, 60-odd quid. Yeah, definitely. At least, you know. Um, but the you, you know you're getting your money's worth because you're getting a shed load of cars or you're getting a full NASCAR season, plus you're getting all the cars um, and the tracks and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um but the base game itself, you know, you buy it as the game comes out the box. There's a shitload of content on there. Um, so it's I, we spoke about it before, but the the game, the main game, is split into like five. They call them volumes. So you've got um, Super Street, Sport Icons, Grand Touring, Professional Racing, and Ultimate Motorsport. Um, and within those sections, you've got um, three different like um, series. Mm-hmm. Each uh, each series has got um, a number of races. Uh, you know, some of them will have four races, some five, and some six. And generally, that's how it is. The first one's got four races, second one five, and the third one six. Um, the each of those will have um, you know the Super Street series has got um, a collection of cars that you can choose from. So they've got, for example, Japanese Street Kings. You know, So you have um, Honda Civics and things like that in there. There is Rally Day Heroes, so you're going to have your um, Mitsubishi Evos and your uh, Subarus, the hot hatchbacks. You're going to have Golfs and things like that in there as well. Um, so each series has about two, four, six different collections of cars. And the cars in there, you know, a huge selection of cars that you can pick for. So each series, you're going to do at least six times. Um, and, you know, that's only if you do uh, pick one car from each, you know, different category. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, there is a lot, of, um, a lot of content in there, and that's just in the, in the career mode. Um, Currently, so the last time that we played it, um, and the last time you had a shot of it at Game of the Year, Kieran, I was yeah. on 
the uh, volume three. So that was the grand touring section, mm-hmm. and I had two. I'd done two of the seasons. I had two of the series, and I had one series left. So the last one, the six six races, and I think I played over the past three days. I've played. I'm just trying to have a look so I can tell you. Um, yeah, I've probably played for two to three hours, um, just mucking about and doing various things. And I haven't. I think I've done three series, um, and you know, just one car in each series. So there is a lot of. It, it does take a lot of time, um, mm-hmm. and the game still looks absolutely stunning. Um, like in the tracks one of the things i love about racing games um i don't know if you found this as well especially the the kind of circuit racing games is you get muscle memory yeah and you know you get muscle memory for a track that you've maybe not played in ages Mm -hmm. and if the you know if it's a decent game so if it's something like um you know forza or project cars or even gran turismo from from back in the day if the tracks were, you know, rather well designed, they basically looked and kind of handled the same. Yeah, like I recently I've been getting that with uh, a couple of the tracks in Dirt Rally, where I don't think they're actually the same tracks as the ones that I played in Rally games when I was younger, but I think they're using similar layouts and similar styles to the point where my muscle memory kicks in for them. Yes. Um, so it's not like, like the exact same track over and over. It's not like you're going around, you know, Silverstone, which yeah. is the same track. I mean, there's multiple layouts, but it's the same track. So, yes, you know, you get muscle memory for it. But it's things uh-huh. like these are close enough in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. Um, where I found it was um, a track that I haven't played in a while, and it showed up was um, Hockenheim. Oh, know, right. the the German track. Yeah, and. I, I just remember, I don't know how, um, but there were certain uh, corners and, and twists and turns, and I knew how to handle them straight away, and I was doing it at high speed, and I thought, this is quite cool. And the minute I realized what I was doing, I ran off the track and crashed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, um, I also found it quite a lot um, was uh, one of the biggest tracks in Project Cars was Brands Hatch. So if you play the you know the the career mode and you're doing the the car the the karting and then it invites you to some of the the invitational events, Brands Hatch plays quite a bit, and we've spoke about Project Cars before. It's quite um, very simmy, you know, so yeah, you have yeah. to be precise with everything, and you so, so you end up spending a lot of time on Brands Hatch trying to, you know, because you're racing you know six seven times on a certain event just to get the you know yeah uh, you're, you're doing the practice laps you're doing the qualifying yeah. laps you're doing over and over and you're making sure you get it right yeah um and you're still battling to you know finish sixth or whatever that <laughs> you know what it what it wants you do to do so you can so you can carry on um and with forza forza is always a little bit more arcadey but what yeah. I found was... I, mean, I think if you turn all the assists off, it can be as semi, or maybe not as semi, but really close to project cars. But yeah, it's not really yeah. the point of it. No, no, definitely not. Um, but what I found was um, Brands Hatch came on, and again, the muscle memory kicked in, and I just drove that track very well. 
Um, I'm I'm not going to say permanent uh, perfectly because I'm, I'm going to yeah you know you end up uh, people sending you invites right you bastard <laughs> let's see um, but yeah um, it is one of the things I've always I, I thought quite cool and it was just yesterday when I was playing so yeah I think that's everything that I've kind of played um, video game wise I haven't really played anything else I played a bit more um, I played uh, digital versions of board games so i played some more splendor oh cool um, Still oh, oh i i love splendor uh i i got my first defeat oh, really? yeah i got beat for the first time ever um i normally when i play what i'll do is you can select the ai mm-hmm. and you can tell it how you want it to play you can have it specialized or uh, plays opportunistic and things like that what I've found is if I know how they're playing, you kind of automatically start to, to counteract. Whereas if you take the, you, you set them all to randomize behavior, um, it can, it takes you a little while to figure out what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, I ended up, I think I, I had three, the, the three opponents set to randomize and uh, they all went with opportunistic. By the time I realized this, it was too late late, because what was happening was any time you know i would see a card and i thought that's perfect for me um it's good for what i'm doing they would take it they would buy it straight from under me (laughs) um and uh yeah i I got beat i only got by uh, i got beat by two points um but yeah that's the, the first time i i got beat so um of course i had to play another three games straight after it to hammer the uh, um, and I got an achievement. <laughs> I got an achievement as well um, for beating the game within a certain time limit and uh, by a certain number of points, <laughs> as well. Awesome. So that was quite cool. Um, so Taught those robots who's boss. Exactly, exactly. Uh, also played a bit more um, Sentinels of the Multiverse. Um, still loving that game. Um, I've started now where I am working my way through all the bosses again so all the uh, fighting all the villains and what I'm going to do is I normally have uh, the same team that I use over and over again and what I'm trying to do is just mix it up so that I use all the characters and things like that as well Um, but what I'll do is I'll pick one character that is the the villain's nemesis um, just for fun and you you get a bit more um there's like a little video at the beginning and you get a little bit more contextual stuff if you pick the right villain and the you know their their nemesis their hero hmm. and put them in the correct position in the team as well so be doing that um just uh, for a uh, you know on journeys and stuff like that um i played one board game that uh, i didn't play with you <laughs> um so i I played a game called The Game. It's the game. a yes, The Game. It's a card game, um, and this it's not re- uh, a, you know a, an amazing game. Um, but what happened? What brought it to prominence was last year for the the Spiel des Jahres nominations. Mm-hmm. So that's the the board game of the year. You know, that's the big one. It's the Oscars of the board games. Um, yeah. This the game, they're the ones yes. that care about this stuff. Yes, this is the game. Um, it got nominated, 
and everyone went, what the fuck's that? Because it was only available in Germany. Okay. Um, so, of course, it led to lots of people buying it to find out what it was, and they realized, listen, it is, it's a decent game. There's nothing wrong with it. So the the game is it's kind of advanced solitaire is the best way to to explain it. Um, the game comes with ninety eight cards numbered um, two number two to ninety eight. Okay. Okay. Um, and then you've got um, four base cards, and what you do is you put these on the table. Um, two of the cards. Uh, are where you place piles running in ascending order, so from number two up to one hundred. Uh, uh, you've you've explained this game on here before. Have I? Yeah. I I know I know we spoke about it. I don't know if I did it on the podcast. Oh, maybe not then. Uh, okay, maybe you're right. Sorry, continue. Right. No, I just, I remember. <laughs> I remember being interested. In yes. Um. So you've got uh, the you know you have two piles where you put the cards up ascending. And you'll have um, two piles where you put the cards down descending, so from 99 all the way down. And so the way that what happens is um, each player gets a certain number of cards. Uh, I think it may be six cards for more than um, solitaire, or uh, and it's eight cards for one player. Um, but you get your six cards or your eight cards, I'm not too sure uh, which and uh, on your turn what you have to do is you have to play two cards into one of those four piles you're not allowed to skip mm-hmm. um, and you, you play those cards now if you want to play more than two you can play your entire hand and then you're at the end of your turn you draw cards back up from the pile and play moves on to the other person obviously the object of the game is to get rid of all the cards from both your hand and from the stack of cards yeah. So you're try, trying to put all of those um, cards from number 2 to 98 within those four piles. Um, there is another rule with um, table talk. So when you're talking to your opponent, uh, your, you know, the rest of the people you're playing the game with, you're not allowed to say what cards you have in your hand. So you oh, can't okay. ne- mention the cards. Um, and you're not allowed to talk about the numbers. So you can't say to people... Um, Oh, I've got the number 98, so I'll start that. Excuse me, so I'll start that pile off. Okay. You can't say it. Um, that makes it a lot harder. <laughs> yes, yeah. But what you can say is you can you can be rather vague about it. So you can say to you can point to one of the piles and say, "Don't play anything high on that one." Or you can say, "Don't play anything on that at all." Mm-hmm. Um, but that's as that's as much detail as you can give. You can't give any more detail than that. Um, there's a couple other rules that go with it as well so you know um, let's just say we're playing a game Kieran and you start and you put the 99 card down and uh, I put down uh, the only other card that I can play and that's the number 88 and I place it on top well now I've kind of we jumped a whole load of cards mm-hmm. uh, but there is another way so the rule is that you know you can put the cards down in ascending or descending order depending on the tile uh, sorry the pile that you're putting them in um, and there's no you know you can play 99 then number 2 you, you know there's no sequence you don't as long as it's just descending that's it but there is a way to break that rule and go up and it's the rule of 10 so um, 
if you're in the descending pile and you have a card, so the card on top is number uh, 88 at the moment. If you have the 98, so it's exactly 10 more, you can place that on there. So it kind of it gives you a chance to build the pile back up. So, for example, if you had played, you know, 99, then somebody had played 88, you have the 98 card, you can place it on the 88, and that's you back up that pile starting at 98 again. So it gives you a little bit of a reprieve. Yeah. Um, and you can do the same on the ascending piles. You know, so if you go too high and you've got a number that's exactly 10 lower than that card, you can play it on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is very useful. It's more useful than it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I've been playing Solitaire with that, uh, just one player. Um, and the game works with one player or five players. Uh, with, you know, uh, with a higher player count or more than one player, you've got that thing of you know the communication is busted mm-hmm. so it does make the communication a bit better um really good game i did forget it, we never had enough time to play um yeah i would have it. liked to at least see it though i didn't i completely forgot about it yeah until um, now <laughs> yes yeah i yeah my the the board game shops can be a wee bit over <laughs> overwhelming yeah, as well board games. it's not even all of them <laughs> Because Paul was meant to bring more with him, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. That, so so that I've, I've, I think I've got like 25 odd that still need to arrive. That's insane. <laughs> I don't think I have 25 odd in general. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that is everything I've been playing. Um, what have you been playing this week? Um, board games, as it turns out. Um, yes. Not a whole lot of video games. Like I jumped in and out of a couple of things I've been playing here and there that I've been picking at for ages, like I always do. And like uh-huh. I played a little bit of No More Sky, eh, No Man's Sky. All right, okay. Um, that I don't know, it's, it's all right. It's still, <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah. Um, it's a good podcast game, as I said before, which is kind of all I've been looking for recently. It's just kind of a podcast game. Right. Um, but yeah, not, not much, not a lot. Um, so the main thing has been board games <coughs> sorry I'm going through puberty again <laughs> uh, the main thing has been board games so we had a board game day on Saturday we did yes um, Paul was meant to come but he decided to do work things instead Yes, which yes. is fair enough I guess but you know um, but we played a bunch of stuff so first we played Netwit yes. which is I, and also for most of these were the first time I'd ever played these games. Um, right. I think of the list, there was two I'd played before. Because um, uh, I have yeah. a list here in front of me. Um, <laughs> Netway I'd never played before. Um, I'd seen yes. pictures of you playing it before and you explained it on the podcast before. Yes, um, that's right, yeah. So I kind of very lightly explain it. There's not much to it anyway, to be fair. Um, Netway is like a weird kind of uh you described it as you're building up venn diagrams which is a very good description of that game (laughs) um basically each player puts down a bit of uh string and clips a word onto it and it has to be hooked around a kind of a spool so you start with one spool in the middle or not in the middle but somewhere um and then you're wrapping your string around spools and you end up with this big hodgepodge of 
spools that are kind of in between tons of different bits of string, some that only have one, some that have like four things and you're trying to make this, try and uh, afterwards you have to write a word for each of the, the spools that's there. So you're trying to think of words that are like super specific for some of these. Um, yeah, it was, I found it really difficult. I was terrible at it. <laughs> um, I was the last one to finish writing stuff every single time. Um, but it was fun. I really liked it. I yeah. am terrible at it, but I really liked it. Um, yeah, the the thing that I I like about the game is that um, you know it is very casual as well. So th- yeah, there is there's sort of a, a a rule set with it that um, you know there um, depending on how many people are playing, there's bonus points up for grabs. So if you finish first, you grab uh, a bonus point. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, there was four of us, so there was three bonus points up for grabs, or three sets of bonus points. Yeah. Um, and the the rules say that once you the final bonus point has been grabbed, that's it. Everyone else has to stop writing, um, and you were still writing. Um, so we finished the game. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I I think I grabbed the the bonus point. You went. Yeah. Oh, I've only got four. Yeah. Right? I've only got, got four the, or five of the eight. Yeah. And it's like, oh, carry on. Because it is, it's more the, it is fun seeing all, it's more fun seeing the words that everyone's got. Yeah, and it's fun seeing how many times people write Trump. <laughs> yes. Donald okay. Trump came up a lot. Something yes. was, what, what was it, tall, dense, and something. Tall, dense, and mean? I think it might be tall, dense, and mean. It's like, yeah, Trump, and then neither of, oh, that's our thing, is if you write the same thing as someone else, then you neither of you get some uh, points for it. Yes. So yeah, me and you both wrote Trump for that one. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing. <laughs> but it was worth it. Um, and I like that. And I like that if someone it only, it didn't really happen much, but it didn't it happen at all. It might happen once. But like if someone uh doesn't think your word fits or your phrase fits or whatever you've written fits the description, then they can call you on it. And you have to kind of defend it, basically. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I quite and like then, that. Yeah, and then what happens is, um, so somebody calls you out on your word, you defend it, and then everyone else votes thumbs up or thumbs down whether to keep it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I had re- I've read a couple of reviews and a couple of things on uh, Board Game Geek as well, where one of the house rules um, is that. You know, when you're reading through the words, if there's an answer that is particularly funny or clever, or um, you can give bonus points. So we were playing that way as well. Yeah. Um, and it just adds a little bit of fun and. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I I do really like that game, and I think it is um, it is so far one of my favorite board games of the year. I think. Yeah, it's up there for me. Um... I'm going to end up buying a copy at some point. Um, yeah, um, I've played a lot of games this year that actually came out this year, which is a rare thing for me. Board games, <laughs> like this year's board game game of the year, I'm actually going to be able to contribute to it, which is great. Um, and in fact, one of the games that will almost definitely be coming up on that list, yes, is one of the other games we played, which is Beyond Baker Street. Oh yes. I really like this game. I went and bought a copy of this game right afterwards and played it at work a couple of times with people. Uh-huh. Um, so, Beyond Baker Street is a Sherlock themed. Well, like the, the theme of the game is that you are 
competing against Sherlock to you're like a rival detective essentially or a group of rival detectives because it's cooperative um, and you're trying to solve a crime before Sherlock does and Sherlock's really good as it turns out yes um, so the game's really hard like most cooperative games are <laughs> um, but the way that you solve crimes is there's a oh, was it there's a, a, a there's three groups. There's the suspect, the opportunity, motive. and the motive. Yeah, yeah. Motive and opportunity, and then there's also the impossible. So you have to match the color and points value of the first three, yes. which will, which you do by playing cards, and you can play multiple cards as you go around. So people, you know, you might play like a three and someone else will put a four on it or whatever and you'll get up to the number of whatever you're trying to hit yeah um and the impossible is that you could put anything in the impossible pile but it has to be at 20 by the end of the game yes and then also there's different cases which set slightly different rules and restrictions and we were playing the easiest one i've actually only played the easiest one since <laughs> right um but in the easiest one uh, you Sherlock starts at fifteen, which is the the longest it could take him um, to solve a crime, and you can only have four cards in the impossible pile, and anything else you put in the impossible pile afterwards causes Sherlock to move another one. Yeah. So you kind of don't want the impossible pile to go too far over. You want to be putting high numbers into it, but sometimes you might not have to, and then. The biggest catch of it, because this would still be a super easy game if you're just playing cards out of your hand, yes. is that you don't know what's in your hand. Mm-hmm. You pick up a hand of cards and then you point them at the other players. And every turn you're either assisting people by telling them something about their cards, and you can either tell them the colour on the cards, and if there's multiple of the same thing, you have to tell them all of them, uh, or the number on the cards. And again, same if there's multiple. So if it's like uh, if someone has you know two cards that have fours on them you can say those are two fours or if they have two blues you can say those are two blues you can't say those two are blues and fours or that would never happen anyway because there's only one of each kind of number in it but you know you can't you have to say all of them and you can't hold stuff back in that way but you also are really restricted in what you can say to people it's another one of those games that kind of restricts tabletop by quite a lot. Um, which I played at work with someone who is a very talkative person during games. <laughs> and he really struggled with it, but also loved it. I, I think he bought a copy afterwards. Right. Um, but he, he was really struggling. Like, he was like fidgeting in his seat, like, can I just say this? And it's like, no. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't just say this. You wait till your turn or Sherlock moves. Um, and it's just so good. So you're just trying to give people, you're trying to play almost like mind games with people, but cooperatively, to give them kind of subtle hints just in the actions you're doing rather than being able to do anything else. So, for example, uh, when we played at work, I told one person that they had a blue card, and then next time it came around to me, I told the person to the right of them that they had a blue card. Yes. And it was really vague and no one kind of knew but 
one of them kind of it clicked with him. He was like, "All right, okay." And he couldn't say it out loud, but he's like, "We need to both play our blue cards." Like Kieran is saying, "We both have the blue cards we need." That's why he pointed them out. He wouldn't have said otherwise. Yeah. Um, and as that, you're very restricted because also whenever you give a hint to someone, Sherlock moves. Yes. So you're restricted in what you can say, and you're restricted in how many times you can say it. Um. And it is one of the most fun games I've played in a long time. I, I, it was so much fun. I really liked that. Uh, yeah. Went out and bought a copy straight afterwards. And yeah, I I'm going to be playing it at work tomorrow actually. From yeah, what I understand. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I do love it. I uh I love the idea that people, not only do they have to pay attention to what you've told them, but they have to pay attention to what you've not told them. Mm-hmm. So one of the games that we played, because we played two games, yeah. um, and uh, you know um, it got to uh, playing around, and uh, my fiance Anne was sitting next to me, and uh, so everyone had taken their turn, and logically, for us to get Anne to play a card, I would have need to have told her something. Mm-hmm. But what we needed and what Anne had in her hand at the time wasn't very good. Yeah. Or what you know wasn't good for what we needed. So I had to I think I said to maybe you or or your girlfriend, I can't remember. But I t- so I told somebody one of their cards and purposely skipped her. Mm-hmm. But and she had to think so then she has to think, well why hasn't he told me anything? Yeah. My cards are useless. <laughs> so she, yeah. now she has to concentrate on, you know, um, either playing some of her cards to the impossible or yeah. helping everyone else. And that's the thing also, like, if you don't know anything about your cards, there's, again, there's a limit on what you can put in the impossible, or a limit, what you can put in the impossible before it starts being a disadvantage, before it starts harming the game. Yes. So if it still becomes really hard because you kind of want to tell someone... If it's if they have a high number, basically, be like that one's a five, because it gets the impossible up there further. But maybe you're little enough in the game that you don't need the impossible to be up there. Yes. Um. Yeah. The, the thing I found hardest about it when we were playing at yours was that the room we were playing in had a big wall length mirror. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was really hard to turn and face my girlfriend and look at her cards and not accidentally look at mine. I was like turning my cards away every time I looked over at her cards so that I didn't accidentally case. see them. Yeah. Just because it was really fun not to know. I didn't want to ruin it for myself. I wouldn't yeah. have felt like I was cheating and having fun. I would have felt like I was ruining the game for myself. Yes, yeah. Um, I did find... I loved... Um, so there's a couple of games that we did play you know, during the day, but um, and there's a couple of times this happened as well. Uh, but with Beyond Baker Street, we we'd finished the first game and we'd lost and it was like right deal the cards out again let's go again yeah we need to try to beat it yeah um, um, from what I I've not played it with the character cards yet so they yep. have characters that add abilities that people can use it's basically an extra rule or an extra play that they can do yes um, from what I saw from reading most of those cards I think they'd probably make the game quite a bit or not quite a bit easier but it probably a bit easier. Yeah, the, there's um, some of the there's some of the cards that make it easier, and there's some of the cards that make it harder. Yeah, I think most of them. No, no, maybe not most of them, but a lot of them seem like they'd be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They could help balance out a bit, uh, but also it's fun. 
But it was so frustrating that second time we played. Because we, oh. the second time we played, we needed a purple one to end yes. it. That was yep. all we needed to end it. Yep. And Sherlock was on the last space. I played my turn, which was to tell Anne that she had a purple card, I think, which she already knew was a one, or at least had a good hint that it was a one. Yes. Which moved Sherlock to the last space. And then Mike it had was... to go before Anne could go. And there was yeah. nothing you could do. No, because we had solved everything. We had... Uh, we had the twenty. Yep, the impossible was at 20. So I couldn't place the... If I played any card that pushed it over 20, the game automatically ended. Uh-huh. Um, if I discarded a card face down... Uh, we would have had to start again. Hmm. Um, yeah, th- there was just nothing we could do. We yeah. had to resign the fact that we got beaten by one turn. <laughs> yeah, it was one turn. There was nothing we could do, and it was unfortunate, but it was fun. Yeah, uh, I feel uh, like the the rule that kind of gets overlooked in uh, all four games I've played now. Um, I feel like once I'm better at it, will probably something that comes up a bit more. It's kind of like when in Splendor, where in Splendor you can hold cards, and I've seen people that are really good at it, or yeah. really good at it, using that rule a lot, but to start with, you don't. Um, I think one of the actions you could take your turn is to flip over uh, one of the like the, the three piles, or the top card on one of the three piles, and then yeah. switch the one underneath. All the cards that have been played on that get shuffled back into the, the deck, and then you keep going, but you're trying to solve this one instead of the one that was there before. Yes. I think you could back yourself into a corner. You may not back yourself into a corner, but you might notice early enough it'll be really hard to deal with something based on the cards that are out. Uh-huh. That it might actually be a good move to do that, but it didn't really come up. No, I think we had everything under control, and then we just got <laughs> a shitty draw of the cards. Yeah, the one card that we needed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I love the art style of it. It's All the cards are brilliant looking. Um, there's little bits of text on all of, like, everything pretty much. Like, on the, primarily on, like, the, you know, the suspects and the, uh, the opportunities and the motives and stuff like that. They all have little bits of text on them. Not much, but just enough little flavor text. Uh, yeah. The, there's, all the characters have really nice art and they're all from, you know, the Sherlock Holmes books. Um, the box art reminds me a lot of Professor Layton, probably because Professor Layton rips off Sherlock Holmes so much. But yeah, it's very Laytonish. Um, I yeah, I'm I love it. Um, it's definitely going to come up in the board game of the year stuff at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, it's amazing how how different a game becomes just by making you not look at your hand it's yeah. just it's just a weird <laughs> a weird role like it's Hanabi is the only kind of big game that I can think of that uses that mechanic I've still never played that um, yeah and the main thing the main reason I've never played Hanabi is the the theme doesn't really appeal to me because it's just you're building fireworks fireworks yeah it's like it's um, not super interesting no no um, the, the, it doesn't also have that kind of pandemic sort of you yeah, know if you yeah don't do this all hell's gonna break loose feel to yeah. it isn't it more kind of almost set collection in a weird way but kind of yes fireworks yeah, yeah. um which I'm, I'm sure i would enjoy hanabi it's just it's not i like 
games with a lot of theme. Most of the stuff yeah. I play is very theme heavy. Um, and Beyond Baker Street is just so thematic. Like, mm. um, In fact, someone uh, was complaining when we played at work about the the case cards. Oh, right, okay. Because on the front of them, there's like a little newspaper that has a headline that's basically one of the stories from Sherlock Holmes, and then there's the numbers that tell you what to do and stuff like that. And they look really nice, but yeah. they're kind of boring looking compared to the back of the card. Because the back of the card looks like a kind of cool, old-fashioned kind of file. <laughs> and it looks like, oh, this is a literal case file. This is a... Yeah, you, it, you think there's going to be more on it than there actually is. Yeah. And it's just the back of it looks cooler than the front of it, which is a weird <laughs> thing for the card that's there. Um, but yeah, I, I really love Beyond Baker Street. So, did you... Have you won a game yet? No. <laughs> no. I played... Actually, did I play two at work? I mean, I've only played one at work, now I think about it. But I played right. two at yours, once at work, and we lost all of them. Um, yeah. We came really close at work as well. Um we were also like one turn away pretty much um but it was yeah it was a lot of fun i'm going to play with character cards next time i think yes yeah i think think they'll change it quite a bit um yeah uh other than that we i say other than that usually it's like the last thing but we're like halfway (laughs) through we're not even halfway through this list um celestia is the next thing i've got on this list yes which was one that i've been looking to play since the end of last year yeah uh i think was mentioned our game of the year stuff last year I, but we didn't i don't think you it played was, it was yeah i i don't think i played it i i, it I may have played on it looks. once but it was based on we were we were talking about components mm. and the art and everything some of the best components a little bow oh yes <laughs> yeah so um people don't know celestia is a kind of push your luck kind of dice rolly game where everyone is everyone has a little character pawn and they put them in this big cardboard yeah kind of cardboardy uh airship that you have to assemble from what i understand i've only seen it fully assembled but you have to assemble you put them in this little thing and it's just so awesome uh and then there's a handful i forget exactly how many but there's a handful of islands laid out um and their point values are they start from zero so you can't get anything from the first one and then they kind of work their way up and the further you get the more points you're gonna get yeah so the most you can get is 25 points yeah and you need 50 to win yes so basically if you got all the way to the end twice you would win but that's never gonna happen never um so the way the game works is each turn one player is the captain and they have to roll dice and then everyone has to decide whether they want to stay on the boat or whether they want to get off the boat and this is based on whether they think the captain can play cards that match the symbols that come up on the dice so sometimes the dice will just be completely blank you'll just automatically move on to the next one that's great sometimes they'll come up with two weird bird head things that we could I think they're meant to be eagles I don't know Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> we're just like weird parts is what we refer to them for the whole game. <laughs> um, and when, and if you don't think they can match that, you jump off. And from what I understand, there's not much rules about table talk. Like the captain can say, 
I can match this or I can't match this. But yes, but they may be lying because when the captain can match it, they move on to the next island, and yeah. they may be trying to trick people into getting off early so they don't get as many points. Or when the captain can't match it, the ship crashes and everyone goes back to the start. But anyone that already got off at an earlier island has already gotten points from that island. Yes. So, yeah, whether you stay on and then at the end of the turn, it goes round and everyone takes turn being the captain and you keep going round. Um, so it's this kind of push your luck thing of we're getting further and further. There's more and more points. Do I trust this person? <laughs> Are they going to just... Can they actually play these cards? Are they just saying they can to try and stop me jumping off and get a bunch of points because we're pretty far along yeah um and it's great i really liked it um the boat is just the coolest little thing uh there's also <laughs> like action cards you can play that give you like a jetpack so you can jump off and land on the planet uh, the, the island as the ship is crashing um i liked when we played that there was a point where the boat i would say the boat got pretty far but it got, in fact, I got to like the three dice area, and my girlfriend rolled the dice, and she's like, "I can't. I have one card in my hand. Get the fuck off the ship! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. this, this isn't an option. <laughs> There's no way that we don't crash here." Um, which was really good. Yeah. Um, so th- yeah, basically, you have a limited resource when it comes to the the cards. You don't. Yeah, yeah you don't the- draw up every time. Yeah, um, the only time that you draw up is once the, the boat has crashed and it starts the voyage from Space One again. Which happens a lot, to be fair. Or dead for us. It did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Um, so I don't know if we spoke about it on the podcast, um, but uh, it was one of those games that, you know, I'd got it and I'd read through the rules. And so what you'd normally do is you do a dry run through just to get used to the mechanics so you can explain it to people. Yeah. Um, you're essentially playing the game by yourself. Um, and the mechanics on their own are pretty bog standard. There's nothing special about them. And without that player interaction, the game is horrible. Mm-hmm. It's that entire player, you know, the interaction and trying to guess and double guess and and you know, triple guess what every, what every player or captain has in their hand. Yeah. Um, and all them along as well, you're trying to say, well, if I can hang on to like the third island, I should get enough treasure to put me over the 50 points. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is just one of those games in, in theory, it doesn't sound like it would work too well in practice. It's absolutely, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I think I've got it to the table three times and every time it's been a complete laugh. You know, yeah. everyone's really enjoyed it. It's. I think every game I played at yours on Saturday is kind of now on my list of things to buy, but that's definitely up there. <laughs> um, like, it was kind of a, a toss-up between that and the next game, like what I was going to buy and I ended up going for the next one. Cause, right. Um, so, yeah, uh, is there anything else you want to add about Celestia? No, 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 I'm good. Um, yeah, just, other than that, I really enjoyed it, and it's relatively cheap. Like You can get it for like 20-ish in some places. Yes, um, yeah. I think it's 25 on Amazon just now or something like that, um, which is kind of high for it, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, the thing is, I think I bought it before, just as its first printing came out, yeah. and I think I bought it just before um, 
the those various uh, YouTubers done the run through, and I think I paid about sixteen quid for it. Yeah, which is a good price. I, I, to be fair, I don't mean twenty five is high in terms of I don't think it's worth twenty five. I think it definitely uh-huh. is. Um, I just mean it's high and that it has been cheaper. Yes. Um, yeah. It's usually cheaper. Anyway, after uh, well, these aren't actually in order. So other than slice, we also played CS files. Yes. Um, or <laughs> Deception Murder in Hong Kong as the version that I bought is called. Yeah. Um, which we have talked about on here a couple of times before. Yes, we um, have, yeah. Especially on the Game of the Year stuff, actually, because we played it on Game of the Year so that we could see if it was worthy of being included. Um, which I don't remember where we kind of lay on that at the time. I wasn't super into it at the time. Um, I think the games we played at the time weren't the best draw of cards or anything no no um but i've played a lot of it since then so as it turns <laughs> out everyone at work fucking loves it um so cs files for people who don't know is a super super simple game where one player is the a forensic scientist and one player is a murderer and everyone else is an investigator but the investigators don't know who the murderer is but the forensic scientist does and everyone has four key evidence cards and four, uh, I think they're called murder weapons, but some of them are like kick and punch. So yes, it's like, yeah. It's like murder methods more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and at the start of the game, everyone closes their eyes except the forensic scientist. And then the murderer opens their eyes and points to two of the cards in front of them. One of the key evidence cards and one of the murder weapon cards. And then they close their eyes again. Everyone opens their eyes. And the forensic scientist plays these nice, big, thick, like, cardboard tiles. Um, and has to choose one for cause of death. One for location. And then four random ones. Some of which are really useful. Some of which are super vague. And then has to yeah. put these little bullet tokens onto one of the items on each of them. To give a hint as to what the two cards are that the investigators are looking for. And then everyone talks, and that's kind of the game. Yes. <laughs> like, there's a couple of other stuff that happens. Like, after a certain amount of time, the rules say, like, there should be some table talk, <laughs> and then you should go around and have, like, 30 second pitches from everyone. Yes. But I think every time we've played it, it's actually just been there's some table talk and then eventually the forensic scientist butts in and goes do you want me to play on our card <coughs> yeah it kind yeah it kind of has a natural progression definitely yeah um although someone did point out there's not much reason beyond trying to end the game quickly that people should uh like try to make guesses make, make guesses because <laughs> you only get to make accusations once in the game yeah. Everyone gets to make one once, so you get like if you're playing a four player game, uh or sorry, if there's four investigators and the murderer, then it's like, you know, four guesses. Um there's not much reason to try and accuse early on other than to try and end the game quickly so you can play again. Yeah, or if you're trying to if you if you're the murderer you would try and you'd maybe guess early. Yeah, exactly. To... So that you don't have to because one of the ways you can get caught out is if only two people. Well, actually, I don't know. I I I've seen it played. Both, I've I've seen it played both ways because um, sometimes you can get a game where you'll have um, 
you know, there's there's definitely two suspects, you know, because it looks um, the way that the the clues that you've been given yeah. points to two specific things. And if you haven't been able to eliminate one of them, then if you were the murderer, then you would you could jump in and say, right, I'm going to do it. And, um, you know, you could purposely you could play around with it, uh, you know, so you could say, ah, right, I didn't get uh, because when you play a guess, um, the forensic scientist tell, either tells you, yes, you're right, or uh, and the game's finished, or no, you're not. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, they're not allowed to say, oh, you got that piece right, yeah, or you got, or you got the person right, but none of the cards or something like that. Yes, yeah. they can't give that hint. Um, yeah. So the way we usually play it is like it's the way we played it at yours, and the way I've been playing it at work is rather than the weird thirty-second pitches thing, it's just have some table talk forensic science bots in and goes do you want me to put down our thing which means you get to put down a tile and replace one of the four random ones uh with another random one yeah uh, or sometimes you'll get tiles that have like abilities and they'll be something like uh the most useful one is usually uh everyone has to flip over one of their cards face down yes and the murderer can't flip over something that's actually useful um you know one of the actual things and that you know ends up with people conspiring against each other or like getting super paranoid from each other where it's like oh the clue the cause of death was poison why didn't that guy flip over the poison needle that he has there he chose something yeah. else instead and there uh -huh. might be a completely reasonable thing it might be the other part of it was summer and so he flipped over the, the card that had flip-flops on it because he didn't want to be suspected of that but it's like yes. oh but why didn't he go for poison <laughs> Um, which like that exact thing happened today because um, we were playing it at lunch today which was great Right. Um, we had a big game going actually um, so we played it at yours we had four people Yes. Um, and I got to play forensic scientist for first, the first time I hadn't done it before uh, I got to be the murderer the first time as well actually which I messed up the first time by leaning on the table so everyone could tell it was me <laughs> um, yeah. and then later I would lost later because I, I, don't know, I hadn't made a good enough choice i guess uh i feel like when you're the murderer like the best you can do is to pick uh, to to pick things that are close to what other people have yeah or so, pick two things that are completely unrelated as well well yeah but if they're like completely unrelated from each other yes yes yeah but, like yeah. unrelated from what other people have just means that they put down any kind of... Like, if you're the only person that has... If you have a plastic bag and everyone else has, like, stabbing things... Yes. And you choose the plastic bag, then when it comes up that the cause of death was suffocation, no one's going to pick the people with machetes. No. You know? Um, and that's how life goes in general, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you want to pick something a bit less conspicuous. Don't um, take a machete to a suffocating contest. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, the games we played, the four-player, worked really well. Uh, they were a lot of fun. I can't remember, did the murderer win in any of those? I always say uh, this once. Yes, yeah. Um, there was the, the time, uh, because the, I think we got the... Uh, not like one of the cards, but not the other. One, yeah, and it was to do with, was it the pocket watch? Oh, yeah. Wait, well, no, actually, did you do that one? Because that was my one, was it not? 
Maybe it was the pocket watch and did I win? I forgot. Oh man. The, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't win that one. The the one with the pocket watch and the. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I can't remember what the other thing was. Um, but yeah, like the clue that because uh, Anne was a forensic scientist for that one the clue she gave That's was right. elderly. She's yeah, so. Elderly. Yep. So um, uh, yeah, uh, Leanne and myself were we were quite good at figuring out the the, the pocket one. watch, but we we oh, couldn't right. get the what was it paperclip. Or oh, something like that. Some... Oh, yeah. it was a. Uh... Wait, was it? No, those were different ones. Oh, was it? Yeah, because the murder weapon wasn't. Because it was a thumbtack. I know what you're thinking. Or maybe it was. Oh, thumbtack, thumbtack. That was it. I. It was Saturday. Feels like ages ago. <laughs> yeah. I've played so much Deception Murder <laughs> in Hong Kong since then. Um. So yeah, I played that with you guys, and then I played. I bought a copy of it. Uh took it into work, played it at lunch uh, the first time um, I played as a forensic scientist for, we only got two games in but those games can be really short, like we've had games, we had games on Saturday where it ended the first round where the yes. first clues went down and you're just like, oh it's you it's those two, don't yeah. um, that didn't. that hasn't really happened at work but I played forensic scientist both times first time, uh, first time we played just to yeah. introduce everyone how to play it, uh huh went really well um we played it today at lunchtime and um one of the women i work with was like can i play the forensic scientist it seems really cool and i was like yeah of course go ahead um we didn't randomize it because there was a couple of people that hadn't played before as well and i think being the forensic scientist the first time you play is probably a bit overwhelming yes yeah Um, it's good just to let everyone see how that works yeah exactly so um she was forensic scientist and it was kind of funny because we had to mulligan the game a couple of times because the first time um oh god i'm trying to remember now the the first time she said like close your eyes and one person didn't because she was we're, we were doing this over lunch so she'd just taken a bite of her sandwich and i couldn't say like give me a second so everyone closed their eyes except for her and the murderer and then she was like oh we need to start again um then oh god what did she say oh she said basically similar to what you said the first oh. time we played it where we had it wasn't quite as bad as when you did it because when the first time we played this um you were the forensic scientist both time or every time we played it yeah and we were playing it was me you paul and dan yes and we all closed our eyes and you're like murder open your eyes and they were like, murderer, close her eyes. <laughs> and we're like, okay, it's fucking Anne. Of course it is. Um, same thing happened, or similar thing happened. I can't remember the exact wording. It was not as bad as that. Right. <laughs> but it was, um, it was bad. And there was a, but it was not as bad because there was three women playing. Ah, uh, um, right. Because we had a full game. Like we had, well, not quite a full game because it goes up to like 12. Um, we had... Oh god, there was three women playing, there was three men playing the first time, then another man joined. So about seven ish? Seven people, eight including the forensic investigator. Right, oh uh, wow. A forensic scientist. So it was a big game. It worked great. It still works really well with lots of, lots of players. Because it just means you have more accusations. Yes. And so it kind of automatically balances that way. 
Uh, we didn't play with extra cards because when you're playing with, uh, I think it's six or more, you can play. You can optionally add in things like the, uh, the witness and the accomplice and stuff like that. Um, but we didn't add those in. We just played with the base because it comes with enough investigator cards. You can play without those. Yes. Yeah. Um. So we just did that because. I thought adding extra complicated rules is not really a good idea for introducing people to a game. No, no. Um, but yeah, we we had the murderer only won once, but she was super smart about it um, because she picked some or what was it? She picked a stone and a plotted a potted plant. I think it was or not a potted plant, just a plant. Um, and the clues we got were like not very useful to it because it was the kind of good combination of. There was enough similar things to those, and the qu- the cards that came up were vague enough that it was like, oh, we can't really. Ah, it was so hard. We came really close though. Um, right. Oh no, it wasn't a plant. It was hangers. So like the the options we got were thing the clues we got were things like you know bedroom, and, uh, professional and tidy and stuff like that because like the hangers, but there wasn't really much to lead us to the stone. It was this big rock, um. But yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, and all the other games we played, most of them came pretty close. We haven't had any like one round things like we did on Saturday. Um, right. I think people were people were really smart about what they've been picking. They've been like looking at everyone else's cards really carefully and being like, okay, I'll pick these two that are really difficult to give specific clues for compared to everything else. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I really like that game. Uh, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. That won't be in our game of the year this year because it came out last year. That's right, yes. <laughs> Although I think Deception only came out this year. I think. But we, it, we talked about it, it was, last year, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> I know it was a Kickstarter. I'm not too yeah. sure when the Kickstarter was fulfilled. Oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was fantastic. Um, and that was the those two games I got were Beyond Baker Street and uh, Deception Murder in Hong Kong. But I'm probably going to buy the rest of these at some point. Um and that's not we're getting there with these games but is there anything else you want to add about Deception or CS Files uh, no um, no uh, just to yeah I think echo everything you say they, they are yeah, really fun. lots of fun I think we just had um, a it wasn't even a bad game but like the first time we played it I wasn't I didn't click with me no no yeah. um, but every again same as you every game that I've had afterwards or every time I brought it out it has been it was another one of those games right we're playing again we're playing again yeah. and it helps it's super short like most of the stuff i've been playing at work like we have like a one hour lunch break and we have been playing things like splendor which when people are good at splendor can kind of get close to an hour uh-huh. um portal which took about an hour actually portal can take way more than an hour if people are you know good at stopping people from ending the game because it doesn't have a specific end point it just has a when all of one player is out of dudes and so it's really easy to elongate that game for as long as you want yeah yeah um oh what else did we play i was talking about like last week whatever there's something else we played last as well um but like most of the stuff we played like it takes about an hour um right whereas Beyond Baker Street took about half an hour. Um, I think Beyond Baker Street takes a bit longer to explain, so we kind of ended up only getting one game in at lunch because uh-huh. 
it's that thing where in a game where table talk is restricted you can't explain the game as you go yes cs files you can start playing and you can just kind of explain how it goes because it's really easy to understand and do that um you know things explainer you can explain as you go that kind of stuff um Beyond Baker Street, you can't explain as you go because if you do, you're breaking the rules of the game. <laughs> so it doesn't work. You can't give examples because giving examples breaks the game. So yeah. you have to set and it's one of the slightly more boring things to learn because you have to set and explain that game to start with. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things. You do it once and everyone gets it. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was good for CSVLs because those games are really short. So to explain it takes minutes. And then each game takes maybe like at most like 10, 15 minutes. I don't, that usually doesn't even last that long though. Usually it's like five, six, seven, you know, that kind of super short time. So uh-huh. we get through a bunch of games over lunch, which is really good. Um, yeah, so I, I really like that. Um, then, oh, Boss Monster 2, that's the game I was thinking of. Oh, we yes. Um, yeah. Sorry. So the other thing we played Saturday is Between Two Cities. Yes. There's also one more thing after this. I keep doing that. But Between <laughs> Two Cities, which I also loved and I'm going to buy at some point. It's so good. Um, <laughs> so Beyond Two Cities is... Uh, do you want to explain this one? It's a, yeah, sure. Um, it's a city so it, it's a city building game. Um, so there's there's quite a few games like this. Uh, sort of Machikoro, Dice City... Um, and there's Take way more complicated ones as well. Quadropolis, there's, there's quite a few of them. Um, and the basic idea with this one is that you're trying to build a city which is um, it's a four, you, it's built with tiles, and your city is four, uh, four by four blocks. So 16 tiles make up your city. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you get points for uh, building certain things within your city. Um, so there are six different types of cards or buildings that you can use in your cities. So there's things like shops, office blocks, parks, factories, and um, the, the other uh, two I'm, I'm blanking on. Sorry, what you said? You said uh, parks, factories. What was the first one? Uh, shops. Shops. There's uh, uh, taverns. So there's... Um taverns there's four different types of them so it's like a restaurant yeah. a pub like yes uh, yeah. and there's offices and offices yeah so each of these um you you know it's kind of like yeah you can do set collection with some of them to, to get more points mm-hmm. so for example um the the office blocks are built um they score points if you build them you know, touching each other. So you either build them in a row or a column in no, your no, city. No, no, the, the office blocks can be anywhere. It's the the shops have to be in rows. Shops don't score. Oh, shops! Sh- yes, shops yes, need yes, to be in rows up to rows of four. Yes, the yellow and, ones. Uh, and parks yeah. need to just be touching. They don't have to necessarily be in rows. Yeah. They can just be zigzagged all over the place. Yes, that's right. Um, um, yeah. Houses, uh, houses score if they score more points. Depending on how many different, how many of the other amenities if you have. Yeah. So if you have all five of the different amenities that you can have in your city, then each house scores five points. Except if it's near a factory, because obviously it's noisy and a bit polluted near a factory, and then it only scores one point. Mm. Um, so there's each of the amenities have different scoring. 
Um, and what happens on your turn is you draw a pack. Uh, you start off with a handful of seven tiles that you've um, picked, and there's drafting that goes on. So you pick two tiles that you want for your city, and then it passes on. You pass that pile on to the next person. The twist in this game is that you're not only building one city; you're building two cities. Mm-hmm. Um, hence the name between two cities. Yeah, so you're building a city with the person on your left and you're building a city with the person on your right. Um, so what you do is you, you you pick your two tiles and then you decide which tiles you're going to place in which city. And you discuss the options with, you know, your building partner. Oh, I think we if we if we use this tile over here, it maximizes the parks and we'll get more points for our parks. And I've chosen this tile over here because I think this will work in our city. And you're building these two cities. Uh, at the end of the game, you get one of your cities as, you know, you get the points for that. And whoever's got the most points at the end of the game wins. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Logic would then say, well, you know, what I could do is concentrate just on one city and scrap the other one, just bomb the other one. Mm-hmm. Well, you yeah, can't. Like force one of the players to be doing poorly. Yeah. Um, you can't because... Your final score is the city that uh, whichever one of your cities scored you the lowest amount of points, mm-hmm. which is really clever. Um, you know, so it gets you building the two best cities that you can. Yeah. With all your players. Um, I'd be interested yeah. to know how many times of like you know, like on average, how many times that game ends with uh, draws. Because ours yeah. ended with a draw. Ours did, yes, yeah. Which I think that probably happens a lot because you're scoring the say uh, you're getting points from the city that scored the least, but you're also you built that city with someone else, so it's, there's a good chance it might be their least scoring city as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't um, know. It could be an affairish. Now with higher player counts, I bet that might actually happen less as well. Yes, um, yeah. Um, I what I loved about the game was how gentle the whole thing was oh yeah definitely because there's like um, when you're describing the rules it sounds like there should be a an element of trying to mess with other players to some degree like yeah of either trying to take stuff from the draft that other players could have used or um, keep an eye on like their cities so that you can you know build counter to them in some way or beat them with yeah. number of factories and things like that but really it just ends up really gentle and nice because you're building two cities you're really you have to work cooperatively with the person on your left and you have to work cooperatively with the person on your right and it might get a bit more angry not angry but a bit more competitive with more people but with four people like we play with four people like it just means everyone's friendly with each other because it's you have to yeah your friends I, with you know yeah three, four i found on the board. yeah i found that um you know, you weren't um, you weren't really paying much attention to what everyone else was doing. No, you definitely, were... definitely. I think when you explain the rules, it sounds like you should. Yes. And then we actually yeah. start playing. That goes out the window instantly, and you're just like, "What did I do for my cities?" Yeah, um, because I I think everyone is probably I've, we've said this. I don't know how many times when we talk about board games. Whenever we play them together, um, there is one out of the four of us that is extremely competitive um and uh, she hates to lose no matter oh, yeah, what definitely. um and 
you know, that didn't end to, you know, she wasn't competitive at all in that no, game. not remotely. Um, yeah, it was it was just a really nice change of pace. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. And it, we did kind of play it, like, kind of towards the middle to the end of our board gaming day. So it was a good kind of, like, palate cleanser in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. I really liked it. Uh, and also yeah. good use of that <laughs> that big dice bag that we got going yes <laughs> because you just draw the tiles out of it and that worked so well yeah um, um yeah i i also loved that the game was super short yeah it was a lot uh, shorter than i was expecting because when i think city builders i think like you know super in-depth long things i mean i should probably have thought like magicoro but it looks it doesn't look as bright and whimsical as magicoro does no, it no. looks more serious. It's like, oh, this is going to be a big game. This is going to be when you put out that point marker thing, and it's massive, and you're like, oh, this is going to be something that takes fucking forever. But then you realize yeah. you only count points at the end. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't. You don't think about that board except at like the last five minutes of the game. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it was super gentle. It was really nice. Um, I feel like almost it probably should have had a slightly more cartoony art style or something. Like, right okay just because it is so light and so nice like i think it is almost misleading to have this like <laughs> the front of the box looks like sim city yes it does know? yeah um and it's like it, i think people might be put off by it they would really like it because they think that looks like a big serious game yeah and then you actually play it and you're like no this is really light and nice and i'll play it a lot yeah, if I because if the the company that um that has brought the this version out um Stonemaier Games, Stonemaier Games do quite heavy Euro games, you know, very yeah. um strategy heavy, long, you know, sort of tradition more traditional board games. Yeah, so I definitely um, won't help either. Though. Yeah, you know, so they they just use the the yeah. the art style that they know, whereas this thing feels like it should be made by days of wonder you know the, the guys that yeah. make um small world and five tribes and yeah i, I tend to agree with you yeah, yeah but no. on the other hand like i i had heard a lot well not a lot but i'd heard this the name of this game thrown out quite a lot before i'd actually played it so it's definitely like out there like people people know about it it's not like oh, yes, it's struggling yeah. in any way so you know whatever i i may have preferred a more a lighter art style to fit it um but yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, Tale Two Cities. Or Between Two Cities, not Tale Two Cities. Yes. That's something else entirely. <laughs> but definitely was named after. Um, yeah, and then the last game we played was Smash Up. Yes. Um, not chronologically. We played other things, but um, in terms of the things on the list. I mainly put this last just because I've not really got much to add. Like, it was fun, but it was just more Smash Up. Like, we've talked about Smash Up a lot in here before. Uh, we played with your expansions, which I didn't I hadn't done before. Yes. Or I had played yeah. with some of them before, but that was like when we started playing board games, mm-hmm. um, which is weird to think back to. Yes. Yeah. I think. Uh, actually, I think the first. Uh, I think we've only played Smash Up together once, and we actually used your copy. Oh really? I think so. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty I sure it was. I played it with one of the expansions before, like one of the early ones. But maybe oh, someone really? else brought it to one of the board game days or something. Like back oh, no. when we had more people. No, no. I yeah, you're right. We played. Um, 
the first time we'd played it, I'd played it before, but the first time I'd played it with you was you had bought your own copy. Yeah, but and, I played it. Yeah, and so we'd broken it out of the box and we played it. And we have played it before, and we played it on one of the board game days when yeah. you were still in Glasgow. Yes, yeah. Yeah. This is about right. Uh, but yeah, we play it with more expansions now because you've got the big box with all the fancy separators, which I almost wanted to buy it just for the separators, never mind the <laughs> fucking expansions. Um, a couple of the expansion cards, uh, cards I used, both of mine were. Because uh, I picked the spies, uh, the super spies, and the changer bots. Yes. Because I figured transformers were very good at being spies. I mean, they can disguise themselves they're robots in disguise i mean <laughs> that is what they are um, exactly and it worked well i ended up winning so it worked well yes <laughs> it's a good plan um uh, but yeah we've talked about smash up a lot i don't know is, is there any yeah. specific card types that were worth um in? i i kind of mucked up in my my team selection oh you were so, the, the cats the the cats and the geeks yeah yeah so the the geeks was the the special expansion that came out with the the big box it was the only one expansion and it's the geek and sundry yeah so it's got like fleecy day and yeah. stuff like that yeah um but the 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 base or the, the main draw the main use of that deck is more or less the same use as the the cat deck which is it's more action based so it it gets you to manipulate things within the game and what you should have is you should have, um, you know, another deck that has more, that's more focused on the minions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically I could get you guys to do all sorts of things, but I couldn't capitalize on it. Yeah, for me. Because I, um, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no. Um, so I, yeah, I just couldn't do that. Um, and that is, yeah. It, it was just one of the things I didn't even think of when I played. Yeah. Um, I, well, sometimes I have... you don't know. Like me and Leanne were picking completely blind, and maybe Anne as yes. well. I don't know how much we played it with Anne, but we were no, picking th- completely blind. I mean, I think Kieran, there was uh, the last time I played Smash Up. So I got into this habit. I think we've spoken about it a couple of times in this podcast, where we both love Smash Up. It's one of our, our you know, our favorite card games that we mm-hmm. can get. Um, so I've got to a point where when a new expansion for it comes out if i'm able to if i have the means i'll buy it mm-hmm. and i just add it to the base game i'll fl- i'll flick through the cards but i haven't played with the last three expansions that came out i haven't had a game and those were most of the expansions that we used yeah um yeah so you know i was kind of picking blind as well because i wanted to use factions that i hadn't used before that's fair enough um but what i do have and which we didn't use was um I printed off uh, basically as little primers of it tells you uh, more or less what each faction does. Okay. Um, you know, somebody Jeez. from the board, from Board Game Geek created these little factions, yeah. and it works as a, a randomizer as well. You pick two of these, and then and that's the factions that you will use. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, so you could get an idea of what the decks do before you put them in. Because yeah, sometimes they don't work well together. Yes. Yeah. Um, mine worked pretty well together because mine were. Uh, all of the Super Spy stuff is based on uh, special action cards, which are action cards you can play when a base is being scored. So when a base gets to whatever its point value is to start being scored, then 
uh, usually you count up the points of everyone there. Whoever has the highest amount of points gets the first place value, uh, the first place reward, second gets second, etc, etc. Uh-huh. Super Spy can fuck with that. Because it has a lot of action cards that are things like move another card here from another base or eliminate one of the other uh, cards on this board if it's four points or less or something like that. At mm-hmm. which point the base keeps scoring but that person who was in first is now four points less than they were before. Um, or second or whatever if you are trying to get points that way. Um, so I was kind of getting points from lots of things. Um, like I was playing action cards when bases scored that I had nothing on just so I could move a dude there and score like the last point or something and ended up just with the most points as a result um, yeah. and the changer bot stuff is all about strengthening their dudes so it's all a bunch of uh, most of their cards are things like they add actions or add uh, or they have actions already that lower their strength so you'll get a bunch of ones that are like you have the ability to move to another base whenever you want but you have minus one points to, uh, minus one strength till the end of the turn Um. but then because I was using super spice to move everything around that didn't matter like it didn't matter that they got negative one for moving because I had buffed them up with all these other cards then moved them with the spy cards and so they were doing like seven damage on a base Um, which was a lot of fun I, I thought they worked really well together it's a good mix, um, cool. and it was somewhat random because I I didn't know what either of them did. Um, that was everything we played on Saturday. We started playing Jackbox, and then we ate food, and then I was like, "Look, it's what half eight, and we need to go home because we need to get like two Yes, trains. yeah. Um, which our train tickets also did not work in Glasgow for either of the train stations, which was really annoying. Had to get buzzed through both times. Oh right, um, okay. But that's another issue. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I think that was all I played then. Like I said, I got Beyond Baker Street, played it at work a couple yeah. of, or once. That went really well. Um, same with Deception. Played a bunch of that. Um, that's been at the table twice now already. Right. Um, and you know, each of those was multiple games. I also bought a copy of Boss Monster 2 for the people at work because I am leaving. So oh, right, okay. I was like, I'll leave a copy of Boss Monster and then played Beyond Baker Street and it went over super well. And it's like, I should have fucking bought you guys a copy of Beyond Baker Street. I'm sorry, guys. I bought, <laughs> I ordered this before I knew. Um, yes, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've played anything else since then. Cool. Um, do you want to do some news? Yes, yeah, I believe we have got some news. Yeah, as we are recording this podcast. I was going to say a day late, but we've been recording Thursday pretty much every week for the past like two months. So, we we have, yeah. So actually, we probably Wednesday is recording day technically. Um, so I guess the big stuff was there was a bunch of press conferences, two of which were video game related, but one of them had a video game there. Um, so first one was Nintendo. Nintendo had a 3DS press conference, right? Um, which they said beforehand, they're like, there will be no, <laughs> there will be absolutely no NX here, guys. No NX. They're just like getting out in front of it and just being like, 
you're gonna be disappointed anyway. Be disappointed now rather than during the <laughs> the stream. Um, I actually think I might have went over this stuff last week. Now thinking about the three DS stuff. Uh, all these I think new you, stories are open. I think you did. Ah, okay. Well, anyway, that Pikmin game looks good. <laughs> there was other stuff as well. Um, so I guess the the main one then was the Sony one. Uh, oh. Although before that, there was the Apple conference. Which <laughs> the only thing relevant to this podcast is uh, they announced uh, Nintendo was there, and Nintendo announced um, Mario Runners, Running Mario Runner, Super Mario Runner. Yeah. I forgot the name already. It's an endless runner with Mario. Um, well, not technically endless. It's a forced runner. Like you're you're constantly running, but your perpetual motion is what you called it earlier. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Uh, and it's on the iPhone. It's also coming to Android, even though they described it during the press conference as like App Store exclusive. Nintendo came out afterwards as like, no, no, it's gonna be on Android as well. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't know what they're talking about. They're lunatics over there at Apple. Don't even like headphone jacks with fuss on them. Anyway, <laughs> um, but then Sony had a press conference where they announced the PlayStation Four Slim and the PlayStation Four Pro, previously known as PlayStation Neo. Right. Um, PlayStation Four Slim model is two hundred fifty nine pounds and comes out next week. All oh, right. Um, okay. Well, sorry, the start of the week after. Um, so what did what does it do that the old PlayStation doesn't? It's slimmer, right? Um, I um, and that's it. I think it has HDR output like the Xbox One S does. Um, right, but okay. so will the regular PS4 supposedly, according to this press conference. Right. Sony said they were going to patch that in, which is interesting because it's not something you can usually patch in, which means they had the hardware in there to start with. Right, and just ha- are just turning it on now, which is insane. Um, for people who don't know, HDR is like 4K TVs have the ability to display a wider range of colors than uh, HD TVs do. Um, so even if things are running in HD, which PS4 and PS4 Slim will be doing, mm-hmm. um, they will at least be able to use the wider range of colors, even if they can't use the higher resolution. Right. Okay. Um, which is interesting. Strange. Um, but yeah, it's 259 so basically it's just replacing the current PS4. Right. Um, it looks slimmer. I don't like the look of it quite as much as the regular PS4. It's not as... It's not as nice looking. Looks alright though. Yep. Um, but the big thing was PlayStation 4 Pro, which is £349. It's coming out in November, um, which is really soon. Um, and is a more powerful PS4. It can run things in 4K. It has a built-in uh, kind of software scaling system for rendering things in 4K, but not quite 4K, because it's not actually like high-end PCs can't play games at 4K uh, playable resolutions, uh, playable frame rates. Um, like the highest of high-end can, but like regular you know, most yeah. gaming PCs can't. So this you know 350 quid box is not going to be able to do that. Um, no. But it can upscale them in a way that apparently works really well. Um, it's not just stretching it out. Um, but also, if you if you don't have a four K TV, like you know ninety percent of the population, yeah, probably higher than that, actually, probably ninety nine percent. You can still use this PlayStation Four Pro on your 
regular HDTV and the extra power of the system will be used for other things like uh, games will need patched to support it although I suspect that um, games will naturally have some kind of benefit from it kind of like the Xbox One S because the Xbox One S has a bit more power than the Xbox One the uh-huh. games weren't specifically patched to work on it if that makes sense yeah um, but some things have got slightly better frame rate and stuff like that on it just because it has the extra power so that'll probably be the case but also if something gets specifically patched they'll be able to you know push better graphics or higher frame rates uh-huh. um i hope a lot more developers go down the route of what um crystal dynamics is doing with tomb raider Sorry, uh, so um, Tomb Raider, or yeah, Tomb Raider, Rise of Tomb Raider, Rise of Tomb Raider, right? Yes, Rise of Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah. Coming to PS4 next month, I think. Um, but that I think is one of the thousand games coming out in October. Uh, that has three options for what you want it uh, for what you can render it at on the PlayStation Four Pro. So you can run it looking like the regular PS4 game, but with a higher frame rate, so close to about six frames a second. You can run it locked at thirty at, t- at HD, but again, but with like a lot higher graphic settings, or you can run it at four K at thirty frames a second, probably looking similar to the PS Four version. Um, right. So I hope more things do it that way, uh, more developers do it that way, where they're like, here's the th- like three options. You know, if you have four K TV, you're probably gonna go for the four K one. If you don't. You can either have better frame rate or better graphics. Choose which one you want. Yeah. Um, like it's not going as stupidly in depth as PC games have, obviously, where you're, you know, picking every single drop down, seeing how it affects your frame rate, seeing how it affects your graphics, and trying to balance it yourself. If it just uh-huh. has two options, just frame rate or graphics, that'd be pretty good. I'd do that. Um, they also there's some limitations with this stuff. Um, so for example, games that are multiplayer will need to be running at the same frame rate on the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. Um, you can't have, for example, Destiny runs at 30 frames a second on the PS4. PS4 Pro can't get an update for Destiny that then makes it run at 60 because it breaks the game slightly because people running at 60 have a bit of an advantage. Um, yeah, so PS4 Pro looks kind of cool. I think 350 quid is quite a good price for that. Yeah what it is like a, a more powerful ps4 yeah um, i might end up getting it if only because they showed um they showed demos from a few games and one of the ones they showed was horizon zero dawn right and it looks a lot better on the ps4 pro like they were showing the 10 like the hd version of it not the 4k version of it and they're like this is it with upgraded graphics because the ps4 pro and it looks a lot nicer. It looks really nice. Right. So, what is the what is the capacity of the hard drive on the PS4 Pro? Uh, the default is a terabyte. All oh, right. Okay. Um, presumably, you'll still be able to change it out. I don't know if they specifically said though. Um, the pictures of it don't really. There's no like panel like there was on the, you know, the current PS4. Uh-huh. Uh, there were pictures of the back of it, but I've not got them open. So maybe it was like the PS3, where the PS3 had that thing where you like had to unscrew the thing and then just pull it out. Oh yeah, um, like a slot rather than a panel. 
I do. I did actually kind of think it was kind of weird that the current PS4 that you have to like remove just a section of the top of the thing to get into the hard drive. It's almost like a PC case in that way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I presume you'll be able to swap them. It'd be really weird if they removed that. Um. Especially because it doesn't like they haven't added support for external hard drives to the PS4 yet. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, the other games they showed. Um. They showed like a bunch of gameplay stuff. Some of it was kind of weird. Like they showed Shadow of Mordor, which has been out for like two years now, which is apparently getting a PS4 Neo patch to make it look and run nicer, and also uh, 4K, right. which is weird because again that game came out two years ago. Um, but I presume it's because they're gonna make a sequel. I hope they're gonna make a sequel. One right. Could do worse. Um, and then uh, the big one would probably Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, the first time we've ever seen gameplay of Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh-huh. Um, they showed it running at 4K. It looked super pretty. It wasn't. It was a really weird choice of gameplay demo for like the first time we've shown the game off. Uh huh. Um, or kind of the first time. I think there was some gameplay in like that E3 trailer, but the first time they sat and, sat and played it, like there was a guy with a controller playing this. Um. Because nothing really happens. It's just wandering through an environment. Um, there wasn't even any enemies or shooting or anything like that. It uh-huh. looks really pretty though. The voice acting looks really nice. Like it seems like they they they're doing. They're making Mass Effect. They're making a new Mass Effect, Mike. Yes. That sounds good, right? Yep. Am I allowed to be excited for Mass Effect? I, I am I Commander am. Shepard, and this is my favorite game on a PS4. <laughs> Probably will be. That's the worst part. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The Witcher Three is really good. Um, yeah, and then the other news I've got about that is that the PS4 Pro is not going to have a 4K Blu-ray disc player. The UHD uh, Blu-rays. Okay, right. I can sort now. I thought the is that just a software upgrade or is it actually a physical thing? It's a, it's a thing hardware or... thing. Right. Um. I assume. I mean, it could be similar to the, the, uh, the HDR thing, where maybe the hardware's in there and they're just not. They go turn it on some point later when they just don't want to pay licensing for it or something. Uh-huh. Um, but Sony's reasoning for it is just that people don't buy Blu-rays anymore. Like, which is sorry, what? Which is pretty reasonable. I, people don't buy Blu-rays. Blu-rays like people stream video that's how people watch video now uh-huh. like is I can actually kind of understand what they're, where they're going coming from with this where it's like people aren't buying physical media of movies as much anymore the people yeah. that are will probably be willing to buy a blu-ray player for it they don't need the device there or an Xbox One S I guess because <laughs> it does have that yeah, um, but I guess I can kind of see why they would do that. Because um, we have definitely been seeing like people switching to Netflix and to Plex and things like that. Yeah, um, and you know, let's be honest, piracy uh, or iTunes or the PlayStation Store. I guess yes, part of it yeah. could be they're moving to PlayStation Store, but they make money off Blu-rays as well, so. 
Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's Sony's format, or they're part of the Blu-ray consortium, or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. Uh, there's also some new peripherals for the the system, which are all really just updates of the old peripherals. So the PlayStation Four controller is getting uh, an update. Um, right. Which. Uh, is the exact same as it currently is, but has the LED strip also on the front. Right. So you can have it light up in your face. Lovely. So you can blind yourself if you're playing at night with the lights off. I mean, it's not as bad now that you can dim them, but yes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, I It will not be long until third parties start selling those little stickers for on the front of your PS4 to cover it up. Yeah. Um, I don't understand that choice. That's bizarre. Um, the PlayStation camera, which as far as we know is the exact same as the current PlayStation camera, only it's round so it can rotate and you can adjust, adjust the angle a bit so it'll be a little bit better for VR. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's the same as the PS4's camera. Uh, there's a cool stand like you put your your PS4 Slim or your PS4 Pro vertically. I don't know. It's a stand. Uh, and yeah, then there's an update. You've to... seen that before, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not. Yeah, it has screws in it. You screw it on, man. <laughs> um, then there's the Platinum Wireless Headset, which is an update of the headset that I have, which is the, the gold uh, wireless headset. Um, right. It doesn't look like much of a change, it's just a bit of a design change. Um, otherwise it looks almost identical to the one I have. Um, but that is a, that gold headset is a really good headset. So if you're looking for a wireless PS4 headset, that is definitely... This new one seems like the one to get. Um, yeah, that's all the news I have, I think. Cool. Uh, other than this one thing that I just saw that I'm going to send you the link for before I read out because it's really good. Right. Okay. Uh, so it's I'm not just... actually it's not actually news, but like there was a review of it relatively recently. Right. Um, we got live what reactions. The hell is this? So, people that obviously can't see what Mike is reading right now, uh, you may have heard of the infamous uh, group of artists. I would call them uh, the insane yeah. clown posse. Um, they have their own deck building game <laughs> their own board game called Into the Echo Side um, which looks kind of what you would expect it to look like it looks like a deck building game yeah uh, this review that I found it via uh, well I found it on Twitter someone recommended it, or didn't recommend it but someone posted the review on Twitter Um is they they, they kind of think that it's alright this is a pretty decent deck building game <laughs> it's just skinned with uh, Insane Clown Posse for some reason yeah it's it's a weird one yeah that is a weird one um, so I don't know if, I don't know if you would pick it up you know just because of it with it uh, you know the yeah, just because of the, the the insane clown posse as well. That um, they they've done some really weird and strange things. Yeah. In the past. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That that's a strange way. I, I would never have thought 
them doing that. <laughs> oh, right. Um, you know, I I would never have associated them with like uh, board games. <laughs> but there you go. Very very strange indeed. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, any other news? No, that's all I've got. There's probably something I'm missing, but yes. Cool. Uh, excellent. I'm just looking to see is there anything for new releases. So we will be looking for... Oh, there is, actually. There's quite a lot. So um, for weekending September the 16th. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. This is going to be a big one. So uh, there is a collector's edition, the timeless collector's edition of Quantum Break coming out for the PC okay. on September the 14th. Okay. Uh, then we start to get uh, a whole load of things coming out. Um, for all the formats. Um, Even last gen. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The, uh, PS, PS 2017. Although the back out... scales. Because that was yeah. the Elder Souls 5 engine. Right, okay. It's insane they're using it for football. It's crazy. Yeah, that's uh be interesting to see anyway, <laughs> I think. Well I guess it, uh, I guess FIFA's built on the battlefield engine, so it's not really saying much. Uh yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um they This is a strange one, so I don't know why it's been listed, but it's Batman and Telltale series, so I don't know if it's the next episode that's coming out Maybe. September sixteenth. Quite possible. Or a disc doesn't actually have everything on it <laughs> yeah that would be a bit of a I strange one I think they've done before so that oh really actually, I think they did that with the last season of Walking Dead uh, I could be wrong um, oh so, so you could buy the disc and it had yeah, everything yeah, on but it was, it was locked no it was like the first episode in the season pass oh really yeah I'm pretty Bizarre. sure that's right I could be wrong that might, I might be making all this up right cool. I do that sometimes um, interesting one uh, I well, I don't know if I would get this. Um, and there's a strange choice of um, formats that's coming out for. So coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One is Bioshock the Collection. Why would you bring this out in PC? Um, they're remastering the first two games. Ah, right, okay. Although you do, it is an update for people that already own them, from what I understand. Oh, okay. Um, but also there'll be this box that you can, it gets them something well, it's going to say on shelves with PC games so it won't be on shelves, Get them something on the front of Steam that says Bioshock the Collection uh, right. um, so I need to double check because I own all three of them anyway on Steam Yeah, uh, they're not doing anything to Infinite because that was such a late gen game anyway the PC version was already you know yeah, nice yeah. Looking. so the PS4 and Xbox One version will just be ports of that PC version then they're redoing some stuff in one and two, right? Um, I've been tempted to pick it up if only because I'd really like to play Infinite again. But I do have it on PC, so I could just play yeah. it on PC. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, up next, a, a 3DS game. So Dragon Quest Eight: Fragments of the Forgotten Past. Yeah. Uh, I've I've lost touch with the Dragon Quest games. I no idea where they are in the, the story or... This is you know. a remake, a re-release a port thing. I was going to say a remake, but it's a PS2 game, so oh, right. it's probably, actually, probably looks a little bit worse on 3DS. Yeah, um, quite possible. But, yeah, it's a re-release of 
uh, Dragon Quest Eight. All right, P- cool. PS Two, I believe. Uh, what yeah, else I we got? Really played much of those games. Yeah, uh, we've got Lumo for the Vita and PS Four. That's quite a cool game. That's yeah. similar to um, kind of old school, like uh, kind of like Commodore Six Four, kind of like early rare games. Rare to right. a lot of them. A lot, of, a lot of other developers also did them. The kind of isometric, kind of puzzle solving thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where you'll go from like room to room in these like singular uh, isometric rooms and solve puzzles and collect items and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, I can't think of any specific examples, but there was a lot of them back then. Yeah, and that's specifically the kind of thing they're going for. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, we also have a game called My Q Labyrinth of Death. Porn. Probably yes, it's from idea faction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the PS4 and Xbox One Mountain Blade Warband it's still I, I'm i amazed that is coming to PS4 and Xbox One just now like that game is years old it's kind of crazy. yeah uh, the uh, latest NBA game 2K17 September the 16th as well uh, again I, uh, old gen and new gen as well so you got 360 PS3 um, PS4 and Xbox One and PC um this one wins the award for the, the the best name I think of the year so far. It's yeah. Psychopaths Mandatory Happiness. Yes. So this is a uh, I think it's a visual novel, uh, but it's based on an anime called Psychopaths, uh, right? Which is quite a good anime. You would probably quite like it actually. It's kind of like a um, like cyberpunky, you know, neo. Tokyo future where um, the police monitor the psycho levels of everyone right. if your psycho level gets too high they think you're more likely to be able to cause crime and so they come and arrest you or put you down alright um, so yeah it's that so mandatory happiness be happy or else if your psychopath level gets too high you're fucked <laughs> Um. It's, I've only watched the first couple episodes of it, but it's, it's, it's a really good anime. I actually quite like it. Cool. Although the main woman in it has like no nose and it's really creepy looking. She's like <laughs> the weirdest looking anime face I've ever seen. Um, but other than that, it's really good. Cool. Uh, there's two other things coming out. Um, coming out for the Vita is a game called uh, Valkyrie Drive. That sounds familiar for some other funny reason I recognise the name but I don't know what it is yeah um... oh wait no never mind this is uh, the full name of this is Valkyrie Drive Bikini ah right okay so you've already got this or no no, well Nathan's probably already (laughs) owns three copies of it I think this is not I think this list hasn't been updated because I'm pretty sure this got delayed till the end of September alright okay Um, but yes Valkyrie Drive um, is uh, just Google some images of No, no thanks. Bikini no. spelled weird. It's like B H I K K H U N I, which is not how you spell bikini. Um, no. But I don't know. The game looks alright. It's got some really good box art. Okay. <laughs> uh, the last game that I want to mention as well is and Kieran's just sent me a link so um why do you do this this is not good radio 
your reactions are good. People watch entire YouTube channels dedicated to reactions <laughs> to dumb things. Um, what the hell is? Yeah, it's so it's got like two big bosom schoolgirls um, in mid embrace. Um, I don't see any bikinis. Yeah, none of these pictures really have bikinis. Yeah, I guess so, bikini is spelt weird, so maybe it's not actual bikinis. Well, although the the last the next picture that you've sent me is it's been cropped, thank goodness, but it looks <laughs> like the two uh, two protagonists and they're wearing what I assume are g strings or some sort of, some form it's of skin. It's, it's only been it's only been cropped uh, horizontally, so I don't know. Yeah, but that's what it looks um, like. Yes, but. Uh, the other one is touching the other one's big bosoms, yeah. And, and she's looking a bit. I don't know. I I don't know why you show me these pictures. Because, <laughs> because I want you to get review codes of them for me. <laughs> that's, that's why. <laughs> um, Imagine that picture on the front page of Clash Gaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but the, the thing is, we review these games, and we we tend to, you know, we, we'll we'll buy along with the the kind of oh, it's a cultural difference for so long, and then something always gives, you know, and we end up going, yeah, but it's a bit too pervy. But then you get some guy disagreeing because you called it pervy, and they go into a big long rant, and you know the 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 flame wars commence. Yeah. Um, which I suppose is fun as well. So we might. I'll see if I can get your review copies. <laughs> uh, it looks like some kind of beat 'em up. Yeah. As you kind of expect from anime and big boobs. Yes. Uh, so the last game that I wanted to mention is coming out for PC, Xbox One from Microsoft Studios on September the 16th, and that is one that I've definitely been looking forward to. I think you were curious about it as well, uh, Kieran, and that's Rico. Yeah, I'm interested in it, because it's been made by um, Armature. The, they're a bunch of ex-Metroid Prime people. Yes. And also, I think Concept worked on it, but Concept's name has not really been a sign of quality for a while now. <laughs> they, were that, they were the company that was founded by um, Kiji Inifune, the guy that made um, Mega Man, the father ah, of right. Mega Man. And then they made Soul Sacrifice, which I really liked. Yes, but did didn't they have did they have anything to do with uh, Mighty Number no? Nine? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sure did. Yeah. I yeah. rest my case. Yeah. They're not really um, a sign of quality, but I don't know. But um, Armature have done some stuff before that's been pretty decent. So. Cool. I, I like the look of that game. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's also oh. it's cheap. It's coming at a budget, a budget price as well. Yeah, um, which I'm quite surprised at. So definitely it seems that. like it's not the highest budget game. Like it's they're going for that B tier game, which doesn't happen very often anymore. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, that is that's it for the releases that we've got noted down here. So a nice bumper crop. That's as you know stuff starting to come out. Yeah, and then it just keeps coming out after that. Like yeah, the week after there's tons of stuff. The week after more stuff and then the week after that we're in October so yep, that's October it. Um, is like fucking 10 games a week until the end of the month yeah so um, yeah it's it's getting close we've not got long to Forza Horizon 3 yeah I may own an Xbox One S by then I'm not 100% sure anymore oh cool I was going to get one 
Right. But then I decided I might buy a new guitar instead. Ah. Uh, As you do. You know, of Xbox course. or guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think that's it for new releases. Um, is there anything that we've missed? Have we missed anything that we played? Or I don't think so. Um, we didn't play anything online together, did we? Uh, no, we didn't, no. Uh, I played some more... Um, Star Wars Battlefront, I got back into that again. I played a uh, couple of games as well. Yeah. Just the Bespin maps, because I really like those. Uh, I, um, I played a little bit of Bespin maps, and I played uh, a couple more games, although the thing that's kind of annoying me with Star Wars Battlefront at the moment is when you go into a game, and you know you can say, just find me the best uh, 40-player game. Yeah. It's always Walker Assault. Yeah. And I... I don't know what it is. I'm not too keen on Walker Assault. I prefer some of the other game modes. I, yeah, like I feel Walker Assault doesn't. There's enough feedback like early in the thing. I think the best map for Walker Assault is actually one of the few that, like, there's very little delay between calling in the Y wings and the Y wings showing up. Yeah, but, yeah. And the other maps, uh, part like is so like tight, so you can kind of just see it happening at all times. Um, the other maps are like so big that. And usually I'd be happy with like really big maps in a battlefield style game, but for that one in particular, it just means you're capturing points and you're just sitting there and you don't really have much feedback beyond like, you know, a bar at the top of the screen to tell mm-hmm. you that you're actually accomplishing anything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I... It's more fun playing as the emperor, the vampire on that those maps. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I think that's it. I don't yeah, think I played, yeah, I think I played anything else. Cool. So, um, the only thing left to do is uh, give you our email address. So, if you want to send us an email address, uh, well, you could send us an email address, but we're not going <laughs> to use it. You can send us an email to this address. You can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Glitch Free Gaming in your little search bar, and you'll find us. And if you want, you can tweet us and at Glitch Free Game. Um, I don't think the I think the Ben's been quite busy as well. Yeah, same as all of us. Yeah, so he, the reviews are starting to come out. Um, we had a bit of a, a quiet period there. Um, you know, real life sometimes takes over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but reviews are, are cranking out and things like that. Uh, we're getting the thing, busy like, time. We, we don't get paid for any of this. This is all just no. because we enjoy doing it and so there will be times when we enjoy doing it but the things we get paid for and family and stuff like that will always kind of come first yes you know, yeah. it's kind of there are more there are things there are things we would that we need to do even yes. if we would rather be doing stuff for the site yeah. I, um, I like how you were going to say there are things more important and then you rephrased it diplomatically yeah like there are things that are more important though but yeah 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 but uh, uh, yeah so um, cool um, you can check us out there yes. uh, I think that's it uh, um, there will be new stuff going up on the YouTube channel soon yes I yeah, walk a myself of into a time frame because I'm going to do a little bit of editing nothing major just you know, cleaning things up a little bit cool. um, so there should be reviews of some dice which is pretty cool Yes, we got to play with some fancy dice. We did, um, yeah. So there'll be a video of that going up, including multiple slow motion videos of us rolling dice because we're fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> and 
<laughs> they even mentioned the dice here. We we rolled, we recorded the video and we decided that'd be a smart idea. I say we, it was your idea. You were like, hey, we should do a <laughs> slow motion thing. I was like, yeah, all right, we can do that. It's an iPhone. Um, where we dumped a bunch of dice on the table and recorded it in slow motion. But what actually happened was we almost lost half the dice because they just rolled <laughs> off the table. Um, yeah, they just flew off the table. The video is pretty good, though. Um, yeah. So I did that a couple more times, but I, I dropped them inside like an upturned box so they didn't roll off the table because I'm not completely stupid. um so there will be some videos of that uh i also recorded reviews of fake arts goes to new york and guillotine so those will both be kind of on the youtube channel probably in the next couple of weeks i'll probably space them out a little bit gives us time to theoretically record more stuff and maybe have something semi-regular but i wouldn't bet on that (laughs) um yeah so watch the YouTube channel it's um, probably Glitch Free Game or Glitch Free Gaming I don't actually know, that would be a good thing to know yeah I, I, I don't know Glitch Free what Gaming it, it's Glitch Free Gaming yes, so yeah. youtube.com oh we haven't actually got the channel thing, anyway I'm going to sort that out uh, <laughs> but yes, search for Glitch Free Gaming on YouTube and you'll find us uh, cool. or we're on Board Game Geek and stuff yeah cool, excellent, so uh Thank you very much for downloading and listening to our drivel once again, and we will speak to you next week. So until then, we shall see you later. See ya.